It's time for the Predator Way Podcast. The show starts now. Yes, sir. This is the Predator Way podcast on Penalty Box Radio, and I am your host, Boyd Farish. And well, the 2022-23 season has come to a close for the Nashville Predators. So on this episode, I'll give my recap and thoughts on what took place on and off the ice over the regular season. Then after the break, I'll talk about what most interested me from the season-ending press conference with David Poyle, Barry Trotz, and John Hines. Despite a valiant effort down the stretch, the Predators finished with 92 points, which was three points out of the final wildcard spot. And consistency, or lack thereof, was really the theme of the season. When you look at the season overall, the Predators had a better home record than Seattle, and a home record that was almost on par with Colorado and Edmonton. And they had a better road record than Winnipeg. So it's not as if they were overmatched all season, they just could not find the consistency both at home and on the road to compete regularly with the top-end teams across the NHL. To sort of recap the narrative of the season, really up to the All-Star break, the Predators just could not get enough consistent performance to solidify a playoff spot. They would lose three to four in a row, then win five in a row to get back to the cusp of the wild card, and almost every time in that crucial game to jump into playoff position, they would get blown out. So they were never really out of it, but they were never really considered a threat to any of the playoff teams either. And then as it got towards the All-Star break, the injuries started piling up. First, it was Alexander Carrier, then Philip Forsberg, then Ryan Johansson, then Yuso Parsonen, then Alexander Carrier again. And as it would turn out, only Yuso Parsonen would play again. The rest of them that were injured before the trade deadline would all be out for the season. So finally, the realization came that this roster just was not going to be good enough down the stretch. And when you look to the season before, even with all of the career seasons from across the lineup, the Predators were still barely a wildcard team. So without that production, they just didn't have the horsepower to climb the standings, especially once the injuries piled up. And so the trades began. Leading up to the trade deadline, Nino Niederreiter was dealt to Winnipeg, Tanner Jeannot to Tampa, Matthias Ekholm to Edmonton, and Mikhail Granlin to Pittsburgh. When you look at all of those trades, that accounts for four regular contributors with a combined $16 million in cap hit moved off the roster. Three of those four have term left on their contracts with only a minimal amount retained by Nashville. That leaves Tanner Jeannot whose contract is up, but he is a restricted free agent for Tampa, so they still own control over his future. Through all of those trades, Nashville added eight draft picks, including two first-round picks and two second-round picks over the next three years. All of that work by David Poyle creates a huge amount of flexibility this upcoming offseason because in the midst of all of those trades, in the retool, rebuild, reset, whatever you want to call it, David Poyle announced that he intends to retire at the end of the league year, so between the draft and free agency, and turn the reins over to former Nashville Predators coach, Barry Trotz. 
So that means the only general manager the Predators have ever known will step away and turn over the GM chair to the first coach the franchise ever had, which really feels narratively on brand for how this organization has operated over its history. So sort of looking at the timeline, going back to last offseason, Barry Trotz had expressed interest in, at some point, moving out of the coaching ranks and into the front office. Along with that, there were plenty of rumors and whispers that Barry Trotz would at some point return to the Nashville Predators that were only amplified when he bought a house in Nashville early in the season. When the time for the announcement came and when David Poyle spoke to his intended retirement, we did learn that David Poyle had told team ownership prior to the season that 2022-23 would be his last as general manager. Poyle and Trotz met regularly over the first half of the season and Trotz accepted the job around the turn of the new year into 2023. So through the second half of the season, Barry Trotz has served as an advisor to David Poyle, including through the trade deadline where all that activity took place. So following the trade deadline, the Nashville Predators were dragged even more by injuries as Matt Duchesne and Roman Yossi would both go out with injuries that would end up being season ending. As the season rolled down the final stretch through the past 20 games or so, A number of young players came into the lineup, most notably Tommy Novak, Philip Tomasino, and Luke Evangelista, along with defenseman Spencer Stasny, and all of whom were significant contributors to the Predators really staying in the race up until the final week of the regular season, where finally the math just ran out of room and they were eliminated from the playoffs. So in the end, the Nashville Predators missed the playoffs for the first time in almost a decade, which is obviously disappointing given the optimism going into the season of a veteran-laden roster who had played so well the year before and with the additions of Nino Niederreiter and Ryan McDonough. What really took place was significant regression in production across the forward and defense core. Granted, it was unrealistic to expect all of Roman Yossi, Philip Forsberg, Matt Duchesne, and Tanner Janot to repeat their career seasons, but none of them were going to be close based on how they were trending through the regular season. And really the same goes for Ryan Johansson, Mikhail Granlund, and Alex Carrier. But even though some level of regression was probably expected, it really was surprising that almost all of them fell off to a significant extent. Looking across the lineup, Offensively, the Predators still have a significant gap from contending teams in terms of possession, scoring chance generation, and goal scoring. Looking at natural stat trick, at 5-on-5, the Predators were in the bottom third across almost every offensive category, be that scoring chances, shooting percentage, high danger chances, and high danger goals. Along with that, the power play took a huge step back, dropping from 6th in 21-22 all the way down to 27th in 22-23. So by the end of the season, the Predators finished just 28th in goals per game. On the defensive side, with the addition of Ryan McDonough, it really took over a month for the team to find their stride and get the right pairs together. But even with a more composed defensive lineup, the downward trend from the end of the 21-22 season really continued throughout 22-23. There were too many shots allowed, Too many missed assignments, and all of that created easy opportunities, especially with the struggles clearing the net front and making sure that the goaltenders had an easy way to view the shots. Possibly the biggest issues from the defensive core were clearing the defensive zone consistently and avoiding turnovers in the defensive and neutral zones. 
those turnovers seemingly so often led to goals that were often just backbreaking and killed all momentum the team might have gained. If there was a bright spot, it has to be the goaltending. UC Saros continues to be simply elite and just a world beater. And when you look at the closing stretch of the season where the Predators were somehow still in the playoff race, you really have to look at UC Saros and Kevin Lankinen as the primary reason that Nashville was even sniffing a playoff spot. In total, UC Saros should be a Vezina finalist. And honestly, if the Predators had made the playoffs, Saros might have won it. But still just being a finalist will be recognition for the really tremendous season that he just had. And also, respect must be given to Kevin Lankinen, who gave the Predators some impactful and timely performances really across the season that Nashville really just didn't get last season from David Riddich. So now to look at the coaching staff. And at this point, there's really more questions than answers. It's really pretty difficult to pinpoint how so many players who reached new highs under John Hines suddenly plummeted back to earth so dramatically. Now, personally, I generally put production or lack thereof on the players first, as they're the ones on the ice and it is their job to play up to their potential. But certainly some of the blame has to fall on the coaching staff as well for not finding ways to create more opportunities for the offensive talent to do what they're capable of. Now, I have more expanded thoughts on John Hines' future in my latest article for Penalty Box Radio that posted earlier this week. So if you want... A deeper look at whether John Hines should and will be retained by the Predators, you can go find that there on PenaltyBoxRadio.com. If there was one bright spot across the coaching staff, it really has to be Dan Hynode. Now, I've said it many times on this podcast, on Twitter, that I don't believe there is anybody that has more fun being a hockey coach than Dan Hynode. Watching him in practices and on the bench, you can really see how he brings a positive energy that really pulls the players along with him. So he is really the true embodiment of a player's coach. Translating that to on ice as well, his work with the penalty kill unit established a group of players who, by the end of the season, were a menace to opposing power plays. And that translated to the score sheet, where the Predators finished this season sixth in the NHL in penalty kill percentage. Given some of the defensive deficiencies the team had throughout the season, that's really some very impressive work, and a lot of credit has to go to the coaching staff for establishing a system that allowed the penalty kill to be successful. So as the coaching staff continues to evolve, assuming they are retained with the organization, it will be interesting to see if Dan Hino takes on additional responsibilities in his role with the coaching staff. So that will do it for my season recap. After the break, I'll dig into the season-ending press conference with David Poyle, Barry Trotz, and John Hines. So this past Monday, the Nashville Predators held their annual season-ending press conference. And this one was particularly interesting as it included outgoing general manager David Poyle, incoming general manager Barry Trotz, and head coach John Hines. There was perhaps a little bit of surprise that John Hines was included as part of the press conference. And I think many took that to mean that perhaps he is already in place to be the head coach for the upcoming season. He is still under contract, and there hasn't been any whisper or rumor to the contrary. 
Though, as I'll touch on shortly, when I get to incoming GM Barry Trotz's commentary, I really just think a decision hasn't been made and the team is keeping status quo for now. So looking at the actual press conference itself and actually kind of going back to the retirement announcement, it is still just really enjoyable to see a relaxed David Poyle. You know he's been under so much pressure these last few years, trying to pull off another cup run, trying to keep this team and its core within its air quotes cup window. And it's just nice being able to see him with the weight lifted off his shoulders and feel a little more comfortable and just able to be a little bit. So in David Poyle's comments, he spoke to the disappointment of the season given where everyone really thought the team was following a strong offseason and a playoff caliber season the year before. David Poyle did highlight the need for a change and the patience that it may require among the fan base, but also the excitement at seeing the new blood grow into the next core of the Nashville Predators and just sort of reminding everyone to enjoy the ride. Now, I will say I did appreciate uh, during the question and answer period where David Poyle was asked about being recognized in the final home game and uh, making a reference to Talladega Knights by saying, I don't know what to do with my hands. I thought that was a solid bit of pop culture referencing there. To kind of close out David Poyle's commentary, his, his final words on the transition were, Barry, the keys are in your hands, which is somewhat ironic given the transition doesn't officially take place for another two and a half months, but sure, narratively, that's the case. So the most interesting part of the press conference was the commentary from Barry Trotz, both in his initial words as well as during the Q&A. On multiple times, he spoke about, about how the NHL is evolving and the need for the team to evolve with it. That should hopefully ease some fans' fears to at least some degree of the Predators going back to playing 2003 dump and chase hockey when Barry Trotz was the head coach. But Barry Trotz definitely mentioned how he wants to find ways to add more speed and skill to the lineup. What I thought was really interesting is he mentioned that a number of the young players, and specifically naming Luke Evangelista, that really opened his eyes about their potential immediate future as NHL players. The expectation when Evangelista was called up initially was that he would be with the roster for maybe a weekend and would be heading back to Milwaukee. But then as the players who were injured just weren't quite ready, he stuck around and stuck around, and it gave more chances for Barry Trotz to see him in the NHL environment. Trotz may have viewed him as likely to start next season in Milwaukee, if not play a full season in Milwaukee. It would appear that a player like Evangelista is going to get a much a much more purposeful look in training camp at making the NHL roster on opening day. When it comes to the roster construction overall, Barry Trotz really sort of said it's about finding the right people to put them in the right seats. So making sure you have the right players to fill certain roles. And I think that's really important based on what we saw going back with John Hines and putting players in roles where they didn't really fit, like putting Tommy Novak and Ellie Tolvanen on the fourth line when those players really need to be in a position to make plays and score along with skilled players. When it comes to Barry Trotz's comments on head coach John Hines, Trotz gave John Hines a fair bit of credit for keeping the team going across the final 20 games and making sure the rotating cast of players that were called up were ready to play. And I would say that's accurate. 
there are plenty of negatives with John Hines that really should be evaluated strongly, but he had a rotating cast of players. And the fact that on a given night, they were at least competitive, engaged, and working hard. The veteran players didn't just pack it in for the end of the season. There has to be some credit given to the coaching staff there. But Trotz also specifically referenced the late season games versus Dallas, Carolina, and Colorado where the team just didn't have enough to win. And a lot of that goes to the incredible run of injuries that seemingly all of which came from the top of the Predators lineup, but that the talent and probably to an extent the systems just weren't there to make the Predators competitive in those games. But he did say that in his conversations with John Hines that Hines is always looking to grow. He's not, or does not appear to be set in his ways. They've already started to have discussions about making changes to the Predator systems and how they approach the game. I assume primarily from an offensive standpoint, as that has really been a significant problem the last number of seasons. So where that sort of ends up and coming from the question and answer period to John Hines's status. Barry Trott said John Hines is under contract and his status with the team is under evaluation, just like everything else that he is looking at coming in as a a fresh general manager. And that you really have to respect the process and make sure the right decision is being made. When you think about that comment, and, and it was in response to a very direct question of will John Hines be the coach? Barry Trotz handled that about as GM speaky as he could and really just non-committal saying that the process has to take shape and we'll know more down the road. The other really interesting set of commentary from Barry Trotz was around Ryan Johansson, who is still in the midst of rehabbing his pretty serious season-ending injury that required him to have surgery and was a 12-week recovery period. Basically, Ryan Johansson is going to be behind the eight ball coming into the summer. Barry Trotz said he's going to have to have probably the best summer of training of his entire career to be able to get back to making the roster and carving out a role. And I don't think there's a clear expectation of what that role will be. In Barry Trotz's words, Ryan Johansson is chasing a moving train. He not only has to get healthy, but he has to get quicker. That's really not Ryan Johansson's game is to be quick. He's big. He's got great hands. He's great in the faceoff dot. But quickness from point to point has never really been his strong suit. When you consider how many times Barry Trotz referenced that the game is speeding up and players have to learn to keep up with it, it really makes for an interesting question of what Ryan Johansson's role might be going forward. When you look at his status on the roster, do I think Ryan Johansson is a buyout candidate? Probably not, at least not this year. It probably doesn't help that much, and it puts more money on the books for a longer term. I do think a trade is possible. If Ryan Johansson gets back into shape and is is playing in whatever role he's able to carve out with a level of effectiveness, the Predators will have the flexibility to both retain salary, if needed, and with the approximately 400 draft picks they have over the next three seasons— they could certainly part with some of those draft picks to facilitate a trade to a team with the cap room and potentially the space down the middle to take on Ryan Johansson. It's going to be an interesting summer for Ryan Johansson. It'll be interesting to see when he's able to get back on the ice and when he's able to get back to really training at full speed and what kind of game he's bringing to the table. 
The final thing on Barry Trotz that I'll have was probably my favorite quote from him from the entire press conference. And I'll, I'll, I'll paraphrase it a bit, but really talking about the identity of the Predators and how that relates to roster construction. Being, quote, hard to play against has always been, going back to Barry Trotz's day as coach, a primary tenet of the Nashville Predators. Really, his commentary to that was, you have to be hard to play against to the players on your team. If your team is made up of fast, skilled players, be hard to play against because you're fast and skilled. It's not just about going and crashing and banging, but playing to the identity and who you are as a team on a consistent basis. Which I think is a really interesting view from a general manager who, as a coach, very commonly coached tough physical teams that played a lot of dump and chase, crash and bang in the corners. But now that you can see as he moves from the coaching bench up to the general manager's chair, he's able to have a bit of a different view on the game and probably saw more firsthand the way some of the more skilled Eastern Conference teams are able to play and work in space, someone like Toronto versus some of the Western Conference teams that are still a little bit heavier and play a little bit more of a a crash and bang style. Quickly on some comments from John Hines that I thought were interesting as well. He primarily highlighted, as I've talked about across this episode, that the team really struggled to find any consistency. And that was a problem throughout the season, which from an evaluation standpoint, it's good that he recognizes it and is willing to be honest about that scenario, but it also doesn't reflect all that well on him because part of the job of the coaching is to keep the players performing consistently. John Hines did highlight the leadership shown down the stretch from Ryan McDonough, Tyson Berry, interestingly, UC Saros, and Colton Sissons as a really young group was trying to navigate some really high-pressure games, especially the game against Colorado, where the Predators just got smoked in the first period. Had, I think, two shots on goal and just didn't even look like they belonged on the ice with Colorado. But those group of leaders stood up at intermission, talked to the team, got them settled, and lo and behold, in the second period, the Predators got back into it and played a much faster game and played much more up to the level of where they could be. Ultimately, it was not enough to come all the way back and win that game. But you do like to see both the leadership from veteran players and the way the younger players responded and were able to work themselves back into a game that at that first intermission, they could have just packed it up and said, we're done here. John Hines's comments on his own status was really, you have to focus on what you can control. He's not in control of, of Barry Trotz's decision. The best he can do is try to build a relationship, start preparing for the future, and try to put himself in the position to continue on as the head coach of the Nashville Predators. The way that I would look at it is he didn't sound like a coach who thinks he is done, but he certainly knows the process is ongoing and that his status isn't safe. My overall thoughts on the press conference, there weren't a lot of answers, honestly, compared to maybe what we've seen in some prior years where the coaching staff in the front office already knew certain players who would or would not be back. But with Barry Trotz coming in and still doing a lot of evaluation, that's not really surprising. So it was a lot more narrative than necessarily answers. But there was some good information to understand and hear. And it was great to start to paint a picture of what Barry Trotz's vision for the future of the Nashville Predators might be. That will do it for this episode of the Predator Way podcast on Penalty Box Radio. 
If you liked this episode, please rate and subscribe to Penalty Box Radio on your preferred podcast platform. Once again, I am your host, Boyd Farish. You can find me on Twitter at Boyd underscore 1212 and my written work on PenaltyBoxRadio.com. Thanks so much for listening and be well, everyone.